Welcome to Believe in the Ravens. I'm your host once again, Bo Smoka, joined by former Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox. And today we'll be previewing the Ravens' Week 2 matchup against the Miami Dolphins. First, I want to remind you that Believe in the Ravens is sponsored by Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests, events, with first-to-the-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, Major League Baseball, the NHL, golf, eSports, NBA, all of it, on BetOnline. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information, from live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's bleav five zero to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Daniel Wilcox, the Ravens start the home portion of the season Sunday against Miami. And for the players, especially the rookies, they're going to come out of that tunnel for the first time in an NFL game at their home stadium. Take me back to what that's like as a player. Man, I tell you what, boy, it was it was interesting for me. It was really interesting. Um, I remember my first year, I had just came back from NFL Europe, and I just finished playing 10, 11 games over there and signed with the Ravens, Came went through all the preseason, ended up starting the very first game, my first week in, in Baltimore. And, um, you know, it's, it, Baltimore fans are just so freaking just amazing. So excited for the season to get started. I know they are, and they can't wait for this season opener at the home, at, at MIT Bank. And um, I remember coming out of the tunnel and and I had I, 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 they called my name out as a starter. And it was like, I mean, it literally brought tears to my eyes. And you seeing all the little smoke and the pyrotechnics and you see the names that go out in front of you and stuff like that. You know, it's a buildup. Right. You know, they don't they, they bring you out as, you know, they call you out. They call the old line out and they call you out, you know, but it's it's nothing you know, it's nothing like you've ever experienced before. You always see this on a movie where the guys come out the tunnel for the first time and they kind of stop and they kind of in awe of mm-hmm. the stadium and, and the fans and how loud it is and how electric it is, you know. So it's like that build up, you know. So when they call my name out the first time, the smoke comes out and I come out the tunnel. I really didn't know what to do because I've never been called out as a starter <laughs> before. So it was my first time, man, and I earned it. I earned it, and it just felt good. So I just kind of hit my chest and just pointed up to the sky like, God, thank you, you know, for this opportunity. And I remember coming out just kind of putting my hands up like, Baltimore, I'm here. You know, but I tell you, it was no greater feeling than watching our defense come out, man. You know, when they when they call the defense out and they explode and the fans explode with almost every single name, because, you know, almost every name on the defense is a Hall of Famer, is a pro <laughs> bowler. It was freaking phenomenal. And – and when they get to that last guy, number fifty-two, you know who's the you know the breath, the words, the energy, the love, the passion of the heartbeat of that team. Uh, when Ray Lewis would come out, and then they would stop that music, and they would go to switch to Nelly Hyde in here, and that dog was a, uh, and then he, and then, and then he would break down and do swirl, man. That place would freaking erupt. It was like he was watching a show and they just called Jay-Z and Beyonce out at the same time or something. I don't know, man. It's like it was so crazy, like how electric it was and just watching the other team on the sidelines. I thought, wow, like you you watch us. Like when you first see it, like you're in awe. And then you realize like, oh, yeah, close my mouth, right? My mouth is open. So <laughs> close your mouth because you're in awe of what's going on. You know, but after you're there for a while, you you stand to, you tend to put your focus on the other team, and you start watching the other team watch this intro, and it's so intimidating. It's like a bunch of kids 
you know, out there in the, in the yard watching the movie on the green and they all like watching this really <laughs> important part of the movie and they all got their mouths open like watching <laughs> this thing because it was a real show. You know, Larry Rosen and company did a phenomenal job up at the, you know, conducting the game atmosphere mm-hmm. in Baltimore. I just felt like it was so freaking electric. Like, like I told you, I used to be the team DJ, right? That's right. And dude. then. Yeah, Ray came to me one time and asked me to change his intro song to, uh, I think it was um, Roy Jones, um, Can't Be Stopped, Can't Be Touched. And we did it for like a couple games. I said, Ray, man, you got to go back to the Nelly song. <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't the same. It just ain't the same, man. And um, and that ended up being his trademark song. I told him don't ever change it. Absolutely. Nelly got a lot of love in the, in the city of Baltimore, man, because of that Ray Lewis entry. Well, those Ravens will come out of the tunnel and they'll face a Dolphins team that is coming off an impressive 20 to 7 win over New England. Um, it, this is a this is a Dolphins team that's a step up in class from the New York Jets. I don't think there's any question about that. Uh, they added Tyreek Hill this offseason. They've got a former top 10 draft pick and wide receiver Jalen Waddell, who had a thousand yards receiving last year. They have tight end Mike Jasicki, who was actually drafted ahead of Mark Andrews in that 2018 draft. And they've got a pair of good running backs in Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, although those two were held to just 41 yards rushing on 17 carries in the opener against the New England Patriots. Tua Tungavailoa at quarterback seems to have a lot of weapons to work with, but when I look at this Dolphins team, what I remember more than anything is what this defense did to the Ravens last year. They completely flummoxed the Ravens with a relentless series of blitzes over and over and over again. And I don't think I've ever seen Lamar Jackson look more uncomfortable in a game than he did in this one. He was visibly frustrated on the sidelines. They could get nothing going. They had three points through three quarters. And if you remember, though, this game was six to three in the fourth quarter. And then Sammy Watkins fumbled and it was returned for a touchdown by Xavier Howard. And that kind of put some distance between the uh, Dolphins and the Ravens. And the Dolphins ended up winning 22 to 10. But the story of the day was what the what the Dolphins did to the Ravens defensively, and other teams copied that. And it, but they relentlessly went after uh, Lamar Jackson. They blitzed from all angles. They blitzed up the middle. They blitzed on the side. I read that Javon Holland, the, the Dolphins' safety, blitzed twenty-one times in that game. So they they were in his face. But let me ask you, Daniel Wilcox, a guy that watches a lot of film, could you just educate our listeners on what exactly is? a cover zero look. They're talking cover zero. They played a lot of cover zero. What mm-hmm. is cover zero? And and why might it work so well against a certain offense? Well, cover zero gives you the ability to basically, like I was talking um, last week when we was talking about, earlier in the week when we was talking about the Jets game, it gives you the ability to lock out, lock up with your DBs and our receivers or our tight ends and running backs, you know. So you have five skill guys on offense, you know. It could be any package, 12 personnel, 11 personnel, 22 personnel. In those groupings, you always say um, tight end first, running back next, right? You know, so you might have two tights and then two backs, that's 22 personnel. When you go to 22 personnel and you got one receiver left on the field because there's only five skill guys, right? So in those personnel groupings, the same way you got five skill guys, they got five guys on the defensive side of the ball to cover those five skill. Um, when you go cover zero, there's nobody in the middle of the field. There's absolutely no safety deep at all. So if you get past that that first line, it, it's a it's an all out sprint to the end zone. There's nobody there to, to, to be over the top to kind of cut you off when you're running deep downfield. So it's man to man. It's it's zero. It's zero coverage. And usually when you do that, you send some kind of fire zone or some kind of blitz or or you send it some. You send it more to multiple people. Everybody's going 
and then you're going to lock up man for man for the receivers that go downfield. If the receiver or the tight end does not go downfield, that guy also blitzes, right? So if I if I'm covering the running back, if I'm a linebacker and I got the running back man to man, if that if that running back does not release out of the backfield immediately to go downfield, I'm now a blitzer as well coming into the backfield. It gives you the ability to basically send everybody that's not covering somebody. You know, so you're basically doing a you know a full house blitz. You know, when they say send a house, that's what sending the house look like. You go cover zero, you lock up man to man with their receivers and tight ends, and they if they don't release to go on and route, you're blitz. That's that's what cover zero is. Um, what the Dolphins just seemed to me what after watching that film over and over again, what the Dolphins did was they made their mind up they was going to out physical the Ravens, and they beat us up. Like the, you, you watch the beginning of that game, I think Duvernay got like an end around that came around. He was running down the sideline, and he got hit so hard out of bounds, mm-hmm. you would have thought they took his head off. Right. You would have thought it would have just threw a penalty flag for like unnecessary roughness. And then it was a I think Hollywood fumbled the ball early in that game. I think Duvernay fumbled in that game. You know, they 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 caused us to do things that was uncharacteristic of us. And then they kept somebody in Lamar's face. He had to spy on him all the game, which was a safety. Um, and he was always coming scot free, you know, just for Lamar every single play. They said they made up in their mind that when Lamar is comfortable he can pick you apart like anybody else in this league. And they was not going to allow Lamar Jackson to beat them that game. So they did a great job of putting pressure on Lamar consistently. And they looked at the Ravens and said, Lamar Jackson is the number one player that can beat us on this team. We cannot let him beat us. We're going to disrupt him all day long. We're not going to give him clean throws to the receivers by going man to man. And we're going to have somebody, he's going to have to make perfect throws every single throw to get the receivers the ball. And then we're going to put somebody in his face and we're going to force him to scramble and we're going to keep the pocket tight and it's going to collapse around him the entire game. And we're not going to give him the up the middle running lane because once he scoops out, he's gone, you know, and they, they did a phenomenal job of just out physically us. I mean, you just saw it. Like even every yard we had to fight for that game. And every time we caught the ball or ran the ball, the running backs was fighting for extra yard. They ended up going backwards. You know, they just played physical. They made their mind up that they were going to play Pittsburgh still a type defense against us. And then they came in there and tried to beat us up. And that's normally, that's not typical of a Miami Dolphins defense. You know, I don't think we was, I don't think we went into it with that same mindset. We just went into it like we was going to go play, play our game. And we didn't have that game plan that they had that we have to out physical the Baltimore Ravens on, on defense if we want to win this game. And we got to come in here. We got to bully their receivers. We got to make it physical. We got to make it a miserable night for them on every single play. No plays off, fellas. And they went into that week of practice preparing just like that. And we went into that week of practice preparing like we was going to play the Miami Dolphins. And then we got the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, indeed, I don't think there's any question that the Dolphins were the more prepared team and the Ravens were outplayed and they were outcoached on both sides of the ball the entire night. Here's Lamar Jackson earlier this week talking about that game, and he admitted the Ravens were just flat out caught off guard by the Dolphins' defensive game plan. Uh, you know, um, they just you know caught, caught us off guard, really. Uh, we, we haven't really went over um, defenses doing all up zero against us, like just all up, flat out zero. Um, but I feel we have an answer for it this year. You know, we, we watched film, watched a lot of film on those guys because we, we don't want it to happen again. And I agree with you, Daniel Wilcox. I think physical is exactly the right word. They were yeah. completely more physical. And I remember some of those tackles. I also remember guys like Marquise Brown and Sammy Watkins. They, they just 
they, they, they press him at the line of scrimmage and they, they just beat him up at the line of scrimmage. And, and the timing was off because they're just, they're, no one was getting open and they weren't getting, I thought early in that game, maybe they could have used a couple slants to Rashad Bateman in the slot or, or some to slum slot receiver on, on a quick slant if they're going to be so yeah. aggressive. But they tackled really, the Dolphins that is, tackled really yeah. well and they, they, they mauled them. They mauled the Ravens that night. And again, you talk about the simple math of football. Well, when you got five guys blocking, maybe six if the wide receiver, if the running back stays in, six, and you got eight coming on defense, someone's coming untouched. And if you can't, if you can't get the ball out, you're getting hit. And Lamar Jackson was hit, and he was just out of sorts. I saw, as I said, we saw him on the sideline in that game, you know, barking at people and just just looked so uncomfortable. And it's not it's not something we almost ever see from Lamar Jackson. Just nothing looked right with him that night. And it was it was actually kind of shocking to see. And then the next day and the days after, like, what did the Dolphins do here? And then every other team is thinking, what the Dolphins do here? We got to do it. Yeah. Um, you know but, what? You know what, too, Bo? I would know exactly what I noticed that game. I, it was one of those games where everything felt off, too, right? Like, I remember it was a ball early in the game that Lamar threw to, to um, Watkins in the middle of the end zone. And it was a perfect throw by him. He threw it up, put a little air underneath it. But I think he lost it in the lights, never saw the ball. It, it would have been a touchdown. That backs that defense off. That automatically makes them, hey, maybe this is not a good idea. This was like first quarter, first touchdown throw, possible third, first down throw of the game. And then I remember Tucker missing a field goal that game. Like, what? He never misses field goals. It was that little sense of, all right, man, something ain't quite right this game. And, and all that stuff kind of kind of contributed to, I think, you know, what made Lamar Jackson frustration. And the Dolphins were smart because they knew we already had injuries. You know, I mean, we was, we was playing with Devontae Freeman at the time. I remember that Watkins pass now that you mentioned. I had forgotten about it. Yeah, I think he did. I think he lost in the lights or didn't catch it because it looked to be a catchable ball toward the back of the end zone, and he didn't really go touchdown. for it because I don't think he ever saw it, or maybe he thought he was out of the end zone. I don't know what happened, but you're right. That appeared to be a catchable ball that Watkins just didn't offer at, and, and you're right. It was in the end zone. If he catches it, it's a touchdown, and, and the throw was a ball that could have been caught for a touchdown. I don't know how difficult right. to catch, but it was a catchable ball for a touchdown, and, and 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 I guess you feel that right early in a game, you can start to sense like something doesn't quite feel right here. Um, yeah. But as I said, they were still in the game at six, even though they were slogging through it, six to three in the fourth quarter before that fumble. But yeah. now that was a different coaching staff. Brian Flores was the head coach of the Dolphins last year. Mike McDaniel is there this year. They will certainly the Dolphins that is be watching uh, that film to see what worked. The Dolphins players who were there last year are certainly going to remember what worked in that game. But tell me now, if you're Greg Roman this week, Daniel Wilcox, and you're going into that expecting that you're going to get those same looks and that same physicality from Miami, and you're Greg Roman, you're scheming up your offense, what needs to change? Well, I think you got to go into this game the same way. We got to you got to let your pit bulls get loose. You know, you got to say, hey, guys, I need you guys to be pit bulls this week, you know, not poodles, you know, and be understanding what these guys did to us last year and we're not the same team you know we was hurt we was beat up we was already banged up by week 10 and we're not banged up right now we're fresh now they get a chance to see the best version of us it's our time to beat them up it's our time to bring our pit bulls and all rock bottles to the game and and let's go at their throats you know so i think i think it's going to be a a, a, de- a definitely bigger it's going to be a bigger game a different game and then the Ravens are going to come in this with a lot of attitude from that last year of game because they know exactly what they did to Lamar. They hit Lamar every time he dropped back almost. He he got touched every single time he touched the ball, dropping back for a pass, he got touched. I remember them getting a couple of personal fouls for hitting them late. 
You know, they was like they they was gonna take those penalties. The Dolphins came in with the mindset, we're gonna take those penalties against them We're gonna get some late hits. We're gonna do what we gotta do, but we gotta get this guy on the ground as much as possible and make him get himself up off the ground as much as freaking possible so that he gets fatigued, he gets tired and get frustrated. That same thing you was just talking about. He was on the sideline, you know, yelling at guys, trying to get mm-hmm. guys, right? That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to get him mm-hmm. frustrated like that. You know, and, and he did. And he to me, he still played phenomenal. I I mean I I don't know. I go back and I watch the tape, Bo, and I considering what he went through, every throw was contested that he had. Like it mm-hmm. was contested by a DB, it was contested by by a defender in his face, and he still dropped dime after dime after dime after dime, and and he found a way to try to keep these guys in the game. And I think they they lost what ten twenty two or something. It was like that. twenty. It was twenty twenty two to ten. Yep. And the one touchdown, as I said, came on a Sammy yeah. Watkins fumble return or a fumble return off a pass to Sammy Watkins. And it was one of those short passes. It was not long. It was just a quick hitter. Watkins catches it. He's running. He gets hit. He's stripped. They pick it up and return it for a touchdown. And I think right. if you're going to do that cover zero, you're going to blitz, blitz, blitz. I think those quick hitters are, are going to be the way to do it. Cool. But I, it's going to be fascinating to see how this team responds to the game last year because you're right. You have, if you're in that locker room this week and you're a Ravens player that was in that game last year, you have to be motivated because this team took it to you last year. No way around it. Uh, they just they just flat out beat them physically in every way. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see what happens. Well, the Ravens will be one. They'll come into the game one and zero. The Dolphins come in one and zero, and it will be very interesting to see how they match up, given how last year's game against went uh, went against the Miami Dolphins. That's Miami and Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium, the home opener on Sunday at 1 p.m. We'll be back early next week to break down that game and look ahead to the Week 3 matchup against the New England Patriots. Again, thanks for listening. For former Ravens tight end Daniel Wilcox, this is Bo Smoka on Believe in the Ravens, presented by Bet Online.